on today's episode. Now, he'd grown up in the mountains, and he'd heard all the old stories. So he knew this was going to have to happen three times in order to get to the end of the story. <laughs> all kinds of tales. From all kinds of tellers. Here on The Appleseed. It's time for The Appleseed. In each episode of the show, we bring you a couple of stories from favorite storytellers. And the stories will entertain you, they'll inspire you, they'll get you thinking, and they'll even help your family tell your own stories. I'm Sam Payne, your host. And today, we have one great story to share with you from West Virginia storyteller Adam Booth. It's his take on the old story of the fisherman's wife about a magical fish that can grant wishes. The best-known version of that story was collected by the Brothers Grimm, and it's about the destructive power of greed as the fisherman's wife's wishes get bigger and bigger to disastrous effect. There are versions of that story from all over the world, and not all of them are about a magic fish. But Adam Booth's version of the story is different than maybe all of them, and it plays like a comment on the original story. For one thing, most of the magic is gone from the story. Sure, the fish can talk, that's pretty magical, and it's made out of gold, that's pretty magical, but its magical abilities have been removed. And the couple at the center of the tale, the fisherman and his wife, are a lot more sympathetic, let's say. Have you ever been worried about the ways in which you are different from the people around you? Have you ever missed someone who's gone from you? Have you ever looked for help and found it in an unexpected place? Well, this might be a story for you. Here's Adam Booth with the story, The Fisherman's Wife, recorded live in the Appleseed Studio. Not far from where I live, there is a lake a lake that's just as crystal clear as you could imagine. It's so clear because it's fed from the snow melt that comes off of the ridge up above in the springtime, running down the mountainside and right there into that lake. It's so clear that they say that if you go out on it, like on a small boat, you can see right down almost to the very bottom and everything that's inside of there. And one of the wonders in that lake is a school of fish that turns and moves in a dance of an ancient choreography that they're just born with, it seems. And these fish, the whole school of them are special because they have a type of scale covering their bodies that's this metallic blue color. And because the water's so clear, the sun just shines right down into them. And as that school of fish turns and moves, the light just shines right back. You can see that metallic blue shining right back as they move, as they dance, as they murmurate. Now, there was a spring that came when that school of fish's eggs were just about to hatch. And they were dancing with excitement that day, moving and twirling, swimming all around, when all of a sudden, the first one popped open and out of it came this tiny little fish with those metallic blue scales. And it swam immediately over to the 
school and join them. Then, a few more. You know this isn't how fish eggs sound when they hatch, right? <laughs> In my story, though, a few more came out and joined. And then uh, there was a rush of them. And they were all coming out. And they were joining that school until... One of those eggs hatched, and out of it came this fish that caused that school to stop and look. It looked different. Sure, it had some of those metallic blue scales, but here and there and right over there, there were scales that were golden. And so this fish didn't look like the rest of them. And because of that, it wasn't welcomed into the school. In fact, it was made an outcast, a pariah. And it spent its early time growing up all by itself, exploring that lake, seeing what there was, swimming this away and that away, learning on its own. Now, there came a day when that gold-patterned fish was all far, far, the furthest reach of that lake, a place it had never seen before. And it thought, well, I'm running out of things to look at. I I wonder what's up there, above the water. And so it turned with one fin like this, trying to get the eye on this side of its body up to the surface of the water. And it couldn't. So it tried this one, trying to get the eye on this side of its body up there. And exhausted, it just kind of wavered there for a little bit. When all of a sudden, the surface of the water broke and something came down there. And as the bubbles fizzed up like this, it saw that there was a metal thing like this. And on that metal thing, there was a brown wriggling thing right here. It had never seen anything like that before, but an instinct said, get it. (laughs) And so it got it. It grabbed a hold of it like that, right there. And the next thing it knew, it was being pulled up and out of the water like this, the water rolling off of its body, past the gold and blue scales, and it was just hanging up there in the air. (laughs) Trying to get away. then the fingers of an old hand wrapped around its body. The fingers that belonged to an old fisherman. And this is how he had begun that day. There was once an old fisherman who lived in a cabin high up on a ridge, a small community up there, a few little cabins, some neighbors. He lived high above that lake that was so clear way down below. And he lived there alone. He was a widower and had been for three years. And every morning he'd wake up and go and sit out on his rocking chair, overlooking the valley on the other side, watching as the sun rose up and woke up all the life that lived up there. And you first heard it before you saw it. And he listened deep into the waking of each and every morning because some mornings as the wind blew across that ridge, he swore that he heard his wife's voice in that wind. And he missed her so much. <laughs> 
And he'd heard it that morning. Old man. (laughs) My dear old fisherman. One of the great joys of life is helping those who have less than you. And with the fortune of his wife's voice, he'd thought, well, I guess that's true. I could help out my neighbors who don't have as much as I do. I could go down to that lake and catch some fish and give it to them. And so he'd gathered all his fish and equipment and made his way down the ridge, down to the lake, onto that old boat that he kept there. And he was not more than a paddle out there that he'd baited the hook and cast it in. And no sooner that he'd cast it in, something was hooked on it, caught on it. And he slowly reeled it in until out of the water came this fish, unlike anything he'd ever seen before in his life. He had to grab a hold of it to bring it in closer. And that's where that fish was in that wrong one. It had never been out of the water before, so it didn't know what to do. All it knew that it was caught. Oh, my. Uh, A fish with golden scales. I've never seen anything quite like this before. And the fish, caught and not knowing how to get back down to its home, began to do that thing that many of us do when we don't know what to do. It began to lie. You like my scales? Yes, I've never seen any like this. The gold kind? Yes. Well, uh, you should take some because um, they make wishes come true. (laughs) Really? Yes, they make wishes come true. Go ahead and pluck some off. But uh, in order for them to come true, you're going to have to put me back in the water first and then take the scales home and make your wishes back at home. (gasps) Can you do that? (laughs) Yes, yes. And he unhooked the fish and put it back down into the water and paddled away. And as soon as the fish was back under the surface of the water, it thought, ah, I knew exactly what to do. It took off swimming at top speed back towards the place where the school was. It swam and swam and swam until it got to that place where they were all just dancing and moving together. And... It swam right into the midst of them. Y'all are never going to believe what happened. I was over the other end, and I was trying to see what was up there. I went up there, and then something came down, and there was this wriggling thing, and I grabbed a hold of it and pulled me out, and then I met this man, and then he put me back in here. and just come and tell you. And an elder fish swam out of this school and looked at the pattern fish and said, Liar. No fish has ever made it out of the water and come back and lived to tell about it. Why do you lie to us like this? Why do you interrupt what we're doing here? And it swam back into the school and they began to move all over again. All but one fish that stayed out. This fish was a hatch made of the gold pattern fish. And it looked at that gold pattern fish after hearing the story and said, is it true? And the gold pattern fish said, yeah. And the hatchmate said, would you show me where it happened? Yeah, I will. 
And that's where that gold pattern fish found itself the next day, swimming across that lake. Behind it was its hatchmate trying to catch up. It was here where it happened. I tried to see what was up there, and I couldn't. I tried to see what was up there, and I couldn't. And just then, something broke the surface of the water, just like the day before. And as the bubbles fizzed up like that, there was that metal thing again with a brown wriggling thing on it. And the pattern fish said, it was just like that. And then I did this. Pull it out of the water again. Oh, no. And the water rolled off of its sides and a hand reached around it. A hand that belonged to the same old fisherman. The fish with the golden scales. The same fisherman that that fish had lied to the day before. And so it tried to get out of its hands, wriggling as fast as it could. Yes, the gold patterned fish. I, I, I've been looking for you. I, I wanted to find you. And it tried to get away. Oh, no. Those scales you gave me made my wishes come true. And then I said, they did? <laughs> Yes, they made my wishes come true. Let me tell you about it. And he started into the story. It was the day before, and that old man had his scales in his hand, and he had paddled to the edge of the lake, and he went back up to his cabin thinking about what his wife had said in the, in the wind that morning about helping those who have less than you. And so he took those scales and flicked them over his shoulder, making a wish for those neighbors. When he turned around, right there on the floor of his living room, he saw nothing but three gold scales. And when he went to pick them up, though, he realized that they had a little bit of weight. <laughs> They're real gold. Real gold that he took down to the store and traded for small bags of food for his neighbors who had less than he did. And he left them on the front step of those neighbors that he knew were wanting and came home. And word travels fast in a small community, maybe you know. And it was the next day, this day, that he had gone out on his rocking chair to watch the sun wake up the valley of that morning, listening to the wind to see if his wife's voice would come. And she did. She came to visit him again, a second day in a row. And this morning, the voice had said, old man, my dear old fisherman, one of the great joys of life is helping those who are sicker than you. And he thought, I guess that's true. You know, I could go down to that lake and catch some fish and get the oil from those fish and give it as medicine to my neighbors who are not well. So he'd gathered all his things and he'd made his way down and got in the boat and cast out like that and caught something and he reeled it in and that's where he was telling that whole story to the same gold patterned fish. And that's what happened, fish, just like that. And the fish said, wow, well then take some more, have some more wishes. And the old man said, I intend to. <laughs> and he, remember, I got to put you back in the water, okay. And he paddled away. 
And as soon as that gold pattern fish was back under the water, its hatchmate was there. It was all true. Uh Uh-huh. It was. We have to tell everybody. And now it was the hatchmate that was tearing across that water. And the gold pattern fish was swimming as fast as it could to follow behind it. And they made their way over to that part of the lake where that school was just a turn. And and here came that hatchmate interrupting right in the middle. You'll never believe it. Everything the gold pattern fish said was true. I saw with my own eyes. It went up and then it came back down. We just had to come and tell you. And today, because the story was told by one who looked like them, they believed it. And the elder fish came out and after hearing that story, looked at the gold pattern fish and said, if this is true, would you take all of us to the place where it happened? And the gold pattern fish said, yeah. And that's where it found itself the next day, swimming over there with the entire school, leaving that part of the lake for the first time that any of them could ever remember. And that fish felt something it had never felt before, worth and pride. And it was right here, and I tried to swim up here and tried to swim up here, and then something broke the surface of the water. And just then, something broke the surface of the water. And down again came that thing with a wriggling brown thing, just like that. And then I did this, and I grabbed a hold of it, and it pulled it out of the water again. And around wrapped the old man's hand again. The old fisherman held that fish in his hand and said, Ah, gold pattern fish, I was hoping to find you. Now, he'd grown up in the mountains. And he'd heard all the old stories. So he knew this was going to have to happen three times in order to get to the end of the story. (laughs) Your scales made my wishes come true. Let me tell you what happened yesterday. And the day before, the old man had taken those scales back up to his home, remembering what his wife's voice had said about helping those who were sicker. And he flicked those scales over his shoulder, making his wish. And he turned around just in time to see both of them whisked out of the window because of the wind that picked them up in the cross right there as two windows were open. And down the ridge, those scales flew and into one, two windows of one, two homes down there where there were neighbors known to have sick kin. And those gold scales landed right on their pillows. And when they came in to check on them, they found real gold that they could trade for medicine and care. And soon those neighbors were well and word spreads fast in a small town. And it was the next morning, this morning, that the old man had gone out to watch the waking of the day when for a third time, which he expected, his wife's voice came to him in the wind. Old man. My dear old fisherman, one of the great joys of life is going to thank those who have helped you. And so he had made that journey down there, paddled out, cast, 
caught the fish or he was holding it, telling the whole story to this fish. So fish, your scales made my wishes come true. And the fish rolled its eyes around and looked down below the surface of the water where the whole school was down there watching just like this. Well then, take the rest of them. Have as many wishes as you want. No, no. I just have one last wish. You're listening to a story being told by West Virginia storyteller Adam Booth, a take on the old story of the fisherman's wife, and we hope you're enjoying it. We're going to bring you the end of the story in just a minute, but first, a couple of thoughts. We always hope that the stories that we bring you here on The Appleseed spark memories and thoughts for you that you can share with the people that you love. Well, here are just a couple of mine. In Adam's story, the fisherman is guided by three pieces of advice from his wife, who has passed away. He mysteriously hears her voice, and she tells him that the great joys of life come from helping those who have less than you, from helping those who are sicker than you, and from thanking those who have helped you. And those three pieces of advice help guide the fisherman as he makes his wishes. And that part of the story, the voice of the fisherman's wife, makes me remember when I left home for the first time to go to college. I was a little nervous about being on my own, away from the wisdom of some of the people I had trusted to help me grow up, my parents, my teachers. I wondered how I'd do with no voice but my own to guide me. But the truth is I wound up not feeling very much alone at all. First of all, I felt like those important people kind of came along with me in the things they had said to me in my life when we were together and in the memories of the times that we had shared together. And I felt even more, something that seemed to come from deep within myself or maybe outside myself, my conscience maybe, my gut, inspiration, that old word that means to breathe life into, something that would help me find my way if I could get myself quiet enough to listen. The voice of the fisherman's wife in Adam's story makes me think of that time a little bit when I began to make it through on my own, but not really on my own. Have you ever felt like that? I bet as you're listening to Adam Booth's story, there are stories from your own life that spring to mind, or the life of someone you know. Stories, of course, have this wonderful way of sprouting and growing as the stories bring up thoughts that grow into conversations. Stories are like seeds in that way. And maybe that's why we call the show The Apple Seed. Coming up, the rest of the story from Adam Booth, the conclusion of The Fisherman's Wife. I'm Sam Payne. It's such a pleasure to be with you on The Apple Seed. We're listening together to a story from the West Virginia storyteller Adam Booth, a take on the old story of the fisherman's wife. And as the story has gone on so far, the fisherman has just caught the fish for the third time. Let's find out how it ends, shall we? Here's the conclusion of The Fisherman's Wife from Adam Booth. I just have one last wish. 
And when the fish was back under the water, there was the whole school. And the elder fish came out and said, everything you said was true. And now that we've seen it, we know it's true. Come home with us. Join us. You belong with us. We want you to come and be there with us. And that gold pattern fish said, no. No, I I don't want to go there because that's not home. Here is where I have worth in my life. And the elder fish looked, and it was an elder fish after all, and said, no, if you stay here, surely you will die. Look, you got holes all over your body. Come home with us and let us take care of you. Let us teach you and let us learn from you. You have much you can teach us. And so that's what happened. The fish joined the school and they went all the way back to the home part of the lake. And you might be wondering what happened to that old fisherman. Well, he'd taken that last scale back up to his cabin. He had one last wish, one thing that he wanted left in this life. And when he opened his eyes, there on the wall in front of him, he saw a reflection of a glow that was behind him. And he turned toward that glow. It was so bright, he had to shield his eyes until they adjusted. It was a glow of bright white, just pulsing right there in his living room. And as he eyed it up, seeing if it was real, if it could be true, out of that light came a voice. (laughs) Old man, my dear old fisherman. And out of that light, a hand reached, a hand that he recognized. And he grabbed a hold of that hand and she pulled him into that light, which got so bright and then was gone. As his wish had come true. And the folks who lived up there on the ridge saw this light come out of the old fisherman's home. They thought, what could be happening there? They ran down to see, but when they looked inside, he was gone. He was empty because his life had been completed. But their lives were just restarting because those who had not had, now they had. And those who had been sick, now they were well. And the next spring, when the snow melted off of that ridge and fed that lake down below, they came off of the ridge too and went down and picnicked around that lake. And they picked flowers and they played games. And some of them even took boats out onto the water. And those that did said you could look down almost to the very bottom. And if you did, you saw this School of fish just dancing and turning in an ancient choreography. And as the sunlight reached it and bounced back, as they turned every now and then, you could see a glinting, a glimmering, a shine more precious than gold. Adam Booth with The Fisherman's Wife. 
Thanks for joining us today on The Appleseed. And thanks to Adam Booth for sharing his story. Listening to these stories always brings up memories for me that I love to share. Where did the stories take you? And who will you take along? Our episode today was produced by Brian Tanner and Heather Bigley. Our audio engineers are Carly Wilson and Ashton Parkinson. Trent Horton and Evie Hendricks make up the rest of the Appleseed team. If you want to send us a note, you can email us at theappleseed at byu.edu. That's theappleseed, all one word, at byu.edu. Or if you're listening through a podcast app, rate us. Leave us a little review. It helps people find the show. We're pleased and proud to be among the many shows in the BYU Radio family of programs. And you can find this episode or any episode from our archive on the BYU Radio app at byuradio.org slash Appleseed or by Googling the Appleseed podcast. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Appleseed.